to become who we want to be as individuals. And at the end of the day, that's going to help us be a successful offense. And the man, one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. Jordan Love hit me up the night of the draft, you know, just congratulating me, letting me know it's time to work. Um, A.J. Dillon was open arms. Von Rock caught a ball with his thighs. Nah. It was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching, touchdown, untied. Right. Like, KP does like these flips after every win, and I'm like just waiting for him to do his flip. You know that we still love each other? That's what football brings us. Across the safety space. You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Welcome to the Practice Squad Podcast. My name is John. I got duped into picking the Saints by my co-host Mark this past week. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. That was my only loss. It's all um, part of the plan. I would have a positive betting record if it wasn't for Mark and Zach just pulling oh. the shit out of me over that game. Um, Not so only am I good I, at picking winners, John, I know who's going to lose. And then I get you, right, you to pick the losers. I No, I hate you for that. But... <laughs> Seriously, seriously, when that when I watched that game, I told myself in that moment that's what I'm going to uh, start the show with. Like just, just all that. I was laughing the whole time watching it, seeing the score. <laughs> like an idiot fell for it. Oh, oh man. classic, um, classic. Good, good week of football for a lot of reasons. Right, right. It's uh, it's Thanksgiving week, so you're getting you know three games on Thursday, a game on Black Friday, which is new. You got the game on Saturday. You have NFL football Sunday, and now it's currently halftime. Monday night football, um, in which we'll talk about it. We'll keep an eye on the score because it's the last game that we'll cover in our recap. So it'll, it'll kind of be winding down by then. But um, it is three and three at the half. And the Bears should be up by four scores right now based off of, I mean, they've had uh, two picks. They had a dropped what was probably a pick six. They've had a bunch of stupid calls not go their way. It's it's an already an annoying game. And as Lions fans, as Mark and I are, we're hoping the Bears win this one. And they should be, and they're not. (laughs) Bears are going to bear, dude. Yep. Bears are going to bear. All right. So first things first, we're going to talk college football. And before we get into the playoffs, which, uh, you know, there's going to be a nice long discussion to be had there based off of the teams that are on the playoff bubble. We're going to talk about the game because I've had to endure a lot of shit as a Michigan fan past four or five weeks here. I think it's time for me to stand on my pedestal and say, all right, didn't have Jim Harbaugh. You didn't have cheating. You didn't have this or that. Ohio State fans have been attributing apparently all of the University of Michigan's success uh, the past two years to um, nothing that's going on on the field, but everything that's going on off the field. And now you go out there, and I, in my opinion, you play a rather imperfect game. Um, you're forced to, I think, do things that Michigan football doesn't love doing. Had to, you know, uh, make a couple scoring drives through the air rather than through the run game. And they still come out and win it, seal the deal with uh, an interception um, on what would have been a, a game-winning drive that was starting to heat up. It was glorious. I, I was with uh, Hannah and her parents um, celebrating Thanksgiving. We went to a bar. We were the only Michigan fans in this part of the bar, surrounded by Ohio State fans, and just watching their confidence and their chatter kind of dwindle throughout the game was was awesome. Um, and it's nice to come out on top three three years in a row, essentially, uh, if you're a Michigan fan. So that's, that's my pedestal. That's my rant. Everybody can shut the frick up about – sign stealing gate because Michigan just beat Ohio state fair and square, uh, missing their head coach. John, 
I have been, you know, a critic of Michigan for this whole sign stealing thing. I've called them out. It, it's bullshit. They cheated. They deserve to be punished. They got punished. But what I also said was, you just woke up a monster, right? You just gave a team that doesn't need added motivation, motivation. And you took away their coach. And you their toughest three games left, they didn't have their guy. Right. And they had to find a way to kind of crawl out of this. They felt like their backs are against the wall. The whole world's against them. Like you just said, Michigan versus everybody is a very real thing. And it became even more real when that punishment came down on Harbaugh and suspended him for these games. It's the this is the best case scenario for Michigan. It is absolutely by it is the best case scenario what just happened. You already served your punishment for cheating, right? So you can't you can't say, well, we cheated to to get to where we are because they just did it without cheating. Right, they just prove they can do it without cheating. They just beat Penn State at Penn State. They just won in the game against Ohio State, um, and now they're going to go win the Big Ten championship and go to the playoff all without cheating in these last few games. They did it without their head coach as well, right? So because you already served that punishment, now anything they do from here on out, you can't take that away from them, right? Because they already fired. They got rid of Stallions. They got rid. Of, they used a different uh, their linebackers coach as a scapegoat. Um, but because they did all of that, they've already served their punishment. And so everything that people are going to try to say down the road, if they do pull this off and, and win the big 10 and win the natty, which they have a very real chance of doing, no one can say shit anymore because they already served their punishment. It's best case. Worst case scenario would have been wait till all this happens and then go back and say, well, you had to do this to do it. Right. So if you're a Michigan fan, absolutely perfect case scenario, you get your head coach back at the right time. You've already overcome so much. And now you're just, now you're just rolling. So it worked out in their favor. Um, turns out sometimes, you know, cheating, cheaters still win, right? They still sometimes get the the luck on their side. But it was an, thought, it was an incredible game. There there are definitely some, I think, NFL general managers talking themselves into J.J. McCarthy as well. I thought he made some very impressive passes. Um, Mar- Marvin Harrison might actually go first overall, depending on who has that pick. I mean, that dude is incredible. He was double covered basically that entire game. And I, st- I think his stat line was what, like four or five receptions for like 130 yards, like something ridiculous where he's averaging well, like 20 yards a reception. Will Johnson did a better job than most people would against him. I give him credit. And honestly, the difference in the game was just the turnovers. I mean, yep. McCord threw two interceptions, right? Michigan didn't turn the ball over and it's, you can't, you know, Mi- Michigan steals possessions, right? Ball security is job security. The best way to win a game is to control the the turnover, win the turnover battle, and Michigan did that. They played their – the best part about how Michigan's won these three games against Ohio State is they won it with their brand, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have to become somebody else. They didn't have to have a different identity for Ohio State week. They came out and said, this is who we are. This is how the game's going to be played, and this is how we're going to win the game. It's going to be run the ball. We're going to have to complete a couple passes, maybe a trick play here or there. Uh, we're going to play really sound defense. We're going to force a turnover or two, and that's how we're going to beat you. And it's demoralizing because, you know, if you're Ohio State, that's not really your brand of football. And, that, and they can try to say they're tough. You can see the insecurity about them not being tough when Lou Holtz calls them out and Ryan Day has to say, we are a tough team. We, we are. Like, no, you're not. You're really not. You're a, you're a passing first team. You can run the ball a little bit. When you play a real defense like Michigan, you know, you, you don't consistently run the ball like you do against these other teams in the Big Ten. Frankly, I was impressed with the run game. I will say that um, Ohio State in, I think, the end of the third quarter put together a lengthy, primarily, you know, run it down their throat drive that was rather impressive. And I was also really impressed with their ability to stop Michigan's run game at times. Um, 
you know, that that was wasn't consistent, say drive to drive, but there were times where it's like shit, man. Like I feel like, you know, um Corum's not getting anything on these, you know, run plays that I would generally expect him to get four, five, six yards of carry. And so um also I would say this was the most exciting of the past three years, right? Like Michigan, you know, had completely broken it off by the second half in the past few years. I mean, this game obviously went down to the wire. Um, I thought both teams came and played their best football. Um, so overall, just one of the the most memorable ones that I've seen. And also, the, the last time the stakes are ever going to be this high, right? And so this will kind of lead way into the college football playoff conversation. Um, the game from now on is going to become a seeding conversation rather than a get in to the playoffs conversation and Ohio state still could squeak in uh, potentially this year. Um, but that is what's really a huge conversation. So we can uh, get this screen share going and Mark and I have a good chunk of discussion uh, to make on this particular graphic here because man, it is really not clear cut no matter which way you frame it. Um, and honestly, biases aside, I would say that Ohio state has the best resume here. But um, there are four teams with 11 and one records that are all have, you know, pretty decent, respectable losses and also have some very respectable wins. And when you look at the resumes of these four teams, what the hell is the committee supposed to do on this? And I think that's the question everyone's asking. The expansion. We, we, so we've seen we've talked about the expansion for years, right? And it actually is going to start happening and take place next year problem is this is the year the first time truly since we've had this college football playoff that they actually really do need it uh there's been years where like penn state was fifth and they got left out even though they won a head-to-head against ohio state but you know the eye test showed they probably didn't really deserve to be in this year i mean you genuinely have six teams that have a fair argument as to why they should be in regardless of what happens during this championship weekend and it's a problem for the committee because somebody's going to get screwed over no matter how you put it, no matter what happens this weekend. Somebody is going to get screwed over, in my opinion, because these teams at the top, Georgia, Michigan, they're not unbeatable. So, like, like let's for example, if Michigan played Oregon or Washington, I wouldn't say it's a cakewalk. I wouldn't say they're just going to win, right? We saw, I mean, TCU beat them last year. Georgia this year is not the same Georgia we've seen. Are they still a very good football team? Of course. But... Any one of these teams you're seeing, Ohio State, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, could compete and beat Georgia. Michigan could beat Georgia. Like, it's Washington could even compete with Georgia. Like, there's teams that the committee has to take a look at. And I want to give you an example, John, of what could happen here, right? This is a very possible thing. Um, let's say Florida State wins the ACC and they're undefeated, right? They're, they're down to their third string quarterback, it sounds like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State doesn't play this weekend because they lost, right? Let's say. Oregon beats Washington, so they're the Pac-12 champs, and now those teams both have Oregon has one loss, Washington has one loss. Texas wins the Big 12, and they have one loss, but they're a conference champ. And let's say Bama beats Georgia. Who the hell do you put in? (laughs) No clue. I seriously have no clue. Like, who do you put in? I mean, that's and that's that that's a possibility to happen. Right. Well, and what what was my take at the big beginning of the season? Right, is that the NCAA is going to need the expanded playoffs because NIL is going to make these programs more competitive and more close in talent to one another rather than less. Right, everybody thought NIL was just going to mean rich gets richer. If this season has shown us 
anything, it's been the exact opposite of that, right? I feel like this is the most competitive, as an NFL guy primarily, this is the most competitive college season that I have seen in recent memory where I feel like, no doubt, you know, Texas is the best they've been in a decade, right? Bama with one loss still obviously has a really good resume. Oregon's a legitimate contender for the first time since like the, the Mariota days, obviously Ohio state, Michigan just beat them. But like you said, I mean, they they probably have the best resume on this board and they're not even going to have a a championship weekend game to continue to assert or prove that. Yeah. Who the hell do you put in there? There's so much John. I mean, your spot, there's so much, you're spot on first of all, but there's so much wrong with the way this whole playoff idea was set up with four teams. When it was created to be four teams, you're right. It was pre NIL. And there was not as much competition amongst the top. The top teams, there was two or three every single year that no doubt was going to be the teams that fought for national championship, right? And now you genuinely have five or six teams, maybe even seven teams that could compete and win a national championship. And I wouldn't call you crazy if you said that you could see that team winning. Right. The, 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 the main thing is, who do you punish here, right? You have Ohio State who has one loss. They don't get a chance to play in a, a conference championship because their one loss was to the second best team in the country. Maybe thank the God they're solving, they're fixing for that next year in the Big Ten too. Right, I mean, the, right. But the... but the whole thing of you know, do you punish Ohio State for that reason for losing I mean, by how much did they lose by uh, five, six points, six points to, to the, number, to two the number two team in the country in Ann Arbor <laughs> in a rivalry game? So you punish them for that, or do you do you punish Texas? who has a head-to-head win against Alabama, but because their the rest of their schedule wasn't as dominant and they didn't always look as clean and they have a worse loss on, the, on their resume, do you punish Texas even though they beat Alabama head-to-head if Bama and Texas both win? Do you punish Alabama for losing to Georgia in the national champion, in the uh, SEC championship and don't give them a chance to compete, even though you could probably argue I test Alabama's maybe better than their Oregon, Texas, Washington teams we've seen? Do you yeah. punish Washington if they lose the Pac-12 championship? Because here's the thing. They're undefeated right now. Let's say Washington doesn't play in a Pac-12 championship. Ohio State's sitting at home with one loss. Washington's competing and playing, and if they lose, they're going to get punished for it. And Ohio State isn't because they, right. they don't have a chance to lose a second game. Right. So it, it's just the whole thing is just so screwed up, and every year it has been, and the committee's gotten away with it because there's usually been a top four teams pretty clear. Right. But what – I mean, we're going to find out pretty pretty quickly the, who, what the committee values because Florida State, I think, is the biggest story with this because they're undefeated. Their Heisman candidate quarterback is done for the year. Their second stringer is banged up. Sounds like he might not play this this weekend in the, in the uh, conference championship game. If And they're still favored to win that game, by the way. So if they win the ACC, which is in a down year overall, and they're undefeated, how can you not put them in? But the problem is, who do you leave out to put that team in? Because whoever they play in the playoff is probably going to whop them. They'll probably see Michigan or Georgia in the first in the first uh, round of the playoffs with a third string quarterback playing. You don't have a chance, right? Nobody wants Um, to see that. Nobody wants to see a non-competitive playoff game. I'd rather see Alabama get the four seed and take on Georgia again, or I'd rather see Michigan jump up to one and take on you know Ohio State again. Serious. I mean, I think that's and, and it obviously comes down to money, and I think the committee will weigh that in too, right? right. They want they're going to try to find a way to sneak Ohio in or Texas in if they have the chance. But well, so that's that's where I was going to go. So so let's let's force ourselves to kind of come up with who we think is you know work the hypotheticals and and figure out you know who we think should should take this fourth spot. To me, I think 
Alabama versus Texas, head-on-head matchup. Sorry, Alabama. I think that the odds just aren't in your favor here, right? And I think you're probably going to lose to Georgia in the championship, um, you know, this this weekend too. Yeah, Bama so, loses, they're out. There's no yeah, way. Bama they, loses, they're out. So, okay, so that, that one's, that discussion's over. Oregon, I think their record has been completely milquetoast, right? And so, you know, yes, obviously they, they have a, a good loss with, with Washington, but I, I don't know, I don't. I don't totally see based off of who they've played this season that they really deserve to get in. So then that boils it down to Texas or Ohio state. And as you said, Mark, right, Texas is probably going to win their, their championship matchup. So they're 12 and one, but they have a significantly worse resume than Ohio state. And I can't sit here and tell you that I don't think Ohio state is, you know, doesn't deserve to be in because you look at their wins of Notre Dame and Penn state and their one loss to the number two team in the country. I don't think anybody is nearly as stacked of a resume as them. When you even look at their records versus top 25, you know, top 10, right. They're two and one. So I I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's significant. I do agree that Ohio state's resume is probably better than Texas, but I wouldn't say it's significant. I mean, that win at Alabama is showing to be because again, when these wins happen matter, but you got like Texas went into Tuscaloosa and won that game. And obviously that was like before yeah. Alabama really peaked. You know, I think if Alabama and Texas played today, Alabama would win by two scores. But you know, that's why these hypotheticals, like it, it doesn't do you any good. And the committee is going to have the same conversation that you and I are having. And there is no right answer. That's the, like, that's the problem right. is I don't think you can keep an Oregon or Washington out because I think Oregon and Washington both would beat Texas right now. And I, you know, I, it's tough because if Oregon wins, then they both Washington, the PAC 12 is going to punish themselves if Oregon beats Washington. Cause then neither of those teams probably get in. And so it, really quick and part of my ignorance, Texas is sec next year, right? Yes. Okay. So, which I mean, that's a huge, in my opinion, that's a factor too, right. And how they've stacked up against sec and, and that kind of talent. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. Florida State's the one that's going to get screwed because there is a chance, and there are some people out there calling for this. And I honestly, I don't want to say it because I don't want to punish a team that goes undefeated just because of an injury. But Florida State most likely will win and be undefeated, thirteen and zero, and maybe not get in the playoff. I, there's what else can you do other than win every single game you play? And your and your conference championship, and so it's, it's good competition too. Like I know not, it's it's not like it's bad. I mean, is it the best conference? No, probably no, one of the worst. But it's oh, you, because what does the committee do? Do they put them in knowing they're going to get mollywopped by Michigan or Georgia in the first playoff game, and no one's like everyone knows it, and it's like okay, was that really the best four teams? Because we've right. had that debate in recent years. Because you or, can't say that you can't say that if Michigan or Georgia has to play. Bama or Texas or Ohio State or maybe even Oregon, right? I, I think Oregon. Right, you can't is, say. I, you, I test Oregon's the weakest of these four teams we're currently looking at, but I think I Oregon don't know. Would be I I, I think Texas. I think Texas right now. I test. You think so? Is the weakest? Yeah. I, they've I they've they've kind of digressed down. Yeah. Oregon has gotten better and better. Bo Nix is playing at a high level. I mean, I again, it's tough, but Florida State is the true test for me of the committee. Like, how important is the regular season? Because if you say that the regular season matters and you don't put Florida state in the playoff. If they win, you are basically saying that the regular season does not matter at all. At the end of the day, we're just going to pick four teams that we think are the best four eye test wise. So it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. Right. doesn't matter if you win your conference. I mean, I don't know, right? I don't know what they're going to do, but you also can't leave. 
if Alabama wins, it's going to throw a wrench in everything because you can't, if Alabama wins, you still got to put Georgia in with one loss because they're the defending back-to-back champs and they've won, I don't even know how many games in a row. You can't take them out. So if Alabama wins, which is very real possibility, Alabama wins, Georgia's in with Alabama, Michigan's in because they're going to whop Iowa. And then who else do you put it? Do you put Ohio? Then you have four teams genuinely that you could argue no matter what happens this weekend, could be in. Washington, Oregon, Texas, Ohio State, all could argue. Florida State, too. Emergency so five teams. playoff is the only. I mean, no. call for it. Like, call for the mer- Just, I mean, just expand it. Let us have it. This is what we've always wanted. Yeah. I'm calling I mean, the committee out. I'm, they're getting exposed finally for doing this the wrong way to begin with and being being slow moving to try to solve this problem, which they knew could eventually happen, and it finally is happening, and they're getting exposed just in the right time, and they're going to say, well, you know, we already fixed it. Next year we'll be, you know, next year we've got to, you know, figure it right. out. One team is going to get royally screwed. So Maybe uh, two. Maybe two teams, depending on what happens with Alabama and depending on what happens with Florida State. If Florida yeah. State loses, it takes care of a lot of questions, and if Bama loses, it takes care of a lot of questions, and it kind of bails out the committee. But if both those teams win, Bama and Florida State, and if Oregon wins, I have no idea what the hell they're going to, what's going to, what they're going to do. They're, they're going to uh, drink a fifth of something and then just throw darts at uh, a board of, of everybody that uh, might be in the bubble. That's, I mean, I have no clue what you're supposed to do here. I love it, though. I love it. I love Mark the chaos. Wanted me to show this meme really badly, too. Um, about- <laughs> John doesn't think it's that funny because he's a loser, but no, I think this I mean, is it hilarious. Is, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, somebody go take him down. You know, somebody's got to do it. Hasbula is uh, funny you, in any in any sort of. I was gonna say, how do you not like Hasbula? So, um, and then the other thing that I want to chat about, well, two things, right? Because these aren't about recapping games. Um, for those that don't know, uh, the studio that Scott Hansen does Red Zone out of in California had some kind of emergency. I don't even know if it's been reported what exactly happened, but they had to evacuate the entire building. And here's. Uh, Scott, very calmly explaining the situation, and then before bailing out, <laughs> lets you know what the situation in the game is before before uh, before he even. He didn't want to leave. He didn't want to evacuate. That's no. that is football guy all the way. Scott Hansen. Do you have sound right now, Mark? Or no? I might have no. to stop sharing here. Here, I'll fix that. That's my bad. Um, because it is way too funny to not show uh without the audio there you go wait at this time the studio in which i'm standing needs to evacuate at this time we are all good right now we're remaining calm but we are following protocols as i'm sure you <laughs> the sirens in the background uh, so to be continued hopefully although this game is in the fourth quarter i will come back and give you a live update if and when I am able to. Thank you for your understanding and your patience. And here is third and 13. (laughs) Dude, that is gold. I might die, but here is third and 13. Dude, that's a football guy. Fun fact, he and my uncle are, uh, we're in each other's weddings. They're like best friends. That is awesome. So shout out to football guy. My dad also coached Scott Hansen. So, it is it's too good man like that that is shout so out scott hansen funny. football shout guy out. 
Through he literally through. is like, if, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to give you third and 13. If my, if my house caught on fire, John, I'm finishing this damn episode. And if I burn alive on camera, I burn alive. But I'm finishing this damn episode. <laughs> Football guy. Um, all right. So here's another super fun thing that the NFL is dealing with. I, before we talk about this, I want to remind everybody, Amon Ra is on his rookie deal as a fourth round draft pick still which means he's getting paid roughly $50,000 per game ballpark. Which I know, boo-hoo, $50,000, but like relative to his talent level and what other people at his position are getting paid, uh, this dude is kind of getting a raw deal based off of you know how talented he is and the fact he's still on his rookie deal. So he gets fined $43,709 for a block he threw against Chicago last week. He's number 14, I want to say. Top. Yep, right here, very top of the screen, right? And so. God, that's it. That's just terrible. I mean, we're playing football. Like, we're playing playing football, you know? Like, there's going to be contact. There's going to be. And that's a minor hit. Let's say this run is two yards further downfield, right? That's him literally throwing a critical block for the play. Like Which I don't, it could have been. I mean, like you right. never know when, it, That's when what it's going to break. Montgomery doesn't run into Soresville's butt right here. He's cutting up a couple more yards, and that's the next guy there to make the tackle. My my problem with it, John, is this is Amon Ra is the latest to be in this situation, but this has been happening all year. Uh, I think the NFL has already reached at this point in the season. They've already passed last year's fine and infraction total. Uh, with you know several weeks remaining, JJ Watt's been doing a great job. He's been very yeah. vocal on Twitter. And he said, um, "General rule of thumb: if you have to watch the video multiple times to try to figure out what person did something wrong, and you still don't know, we probably shouldn't be taking forty-three thousand dollars from someone. This is stealing money, and it is. It's theft. Uh, you're, are you trying to tell me that people have done things that are fine worthy at double the rate year over year than they did last year? They've paid more in fines already this year." than they did the entirety of last year and there's still six games left it's uh it's bad it's it's, it's bad insane. it's a bad look it's and you know it's uh i'm gonna blame goodell blame roger goodell he does he, he finds a way to get new hate every single week it seems like every single year more and more people dislike that guy um the only people in the world that like him even a little bit are the majority of the owners and that's why right. he remains in the position he's well, in. well i was gonna say he is a human uh shield for the owners the reason that man is still employed is he is a politician like poise to him and he just takes all of the flack and all of the heat 24 7 and he is a professional at sitting there and getting mf'd by everybody on the planet and that's why he is employed and frankly he's damn good at his job if that's how you boil down what his job essentially is and that is what it is right so um it's, it's kind of like there is like a Stockholm syndrome complex where I'm like, I absolutely hate you, but I also kind of respect that how good you are at just being this this sponge for everybody's hate at the same time, because I don't think it's going to change. I think we are stuck with Goodell probably until the day that dude dies, honestly. Um, maybe he'll get tired of it, but he doesn't. He kind of seems to love it. He kind of seems to love being the most hated. I think man he's like embra- he's kind of embraced it. Yeah, you know, he's I kind of embraced so. it. I think so. Um, so with that, I think we're ready to dig into the games. And uh, 
I guess I'm afraid of the moon now, Mark. How about you? Nah, I'm not falling into that bullshit. Here's here's the reality. All right, the the Lions' defense is abysmal for the third straight year, and we continue to pretend like it's not a problem because we like personnel wise we got better this off season, and you know we started off looking like we can actually get some pressure on the quarterback in week one. And we and what happens is Aaron Glenn continues to buy himself a little bit of hope, a little bit of time from this fan base, from the players, from the staff. He's not a good coordinator. He's never been a good coordinator. He has not done a good job with Detroit in all three seasons. Um, obviously, there's been all kinds of other problems in Detroit during this period. But right now, as it stands, our special teams are okay. Our offense is one of the best in the league. Um, you have the pieces where you can't make the excuses. I know there's been some injuries, but you can't make the excuse to be a bottom five defense. Yeah, I, I, I could buy the talent argument the past two years. I I'm struggling to buy that argument um, this year. Now, as you said, there's always a convenient excuse. Right now, in my opinion, the convenient excuse is turnovers, right? The Lions have had seven turnovers in the past eight quarters. Um, you can make an argument that any defense is going to struggle against that. They also had a uh, obviously a really bad uh, punt decision. Um, that yes. was yeah. That world- I'm not even I'm not even just talking points, John, because I know that. The, the fake punt was a biz, and I tell you this all the time that Dan Campbell cannot help himself. He will lose us just as many games as he wins us. Chalk that up as a I, I would huge argue, part of why we lost that game. I was going to say, I, I said to you, what was it, three weeks ago, that eventually there was going to be a game. Yeah. That we lost as a direct risk. The fourth downs are all fun in games, and we can honestly attribute a lot of games to winning as a result of, of Dan Campbell's aggression on fourth down. But there's a time and a place, and Mark and I both said it's going to cost us a game at some point, and those conversations are going to get pretty loud. And uh, they did. I mean, I think going so for dumb. it, uh, you know, faking a, a punt on your own 20-yard line. Against Fourth and an, five. wasn't even like it was one yard. It was, yeah. like, it was against very, a, very an dumb. inferior opponent, too. I very, mean, very dumb. Very, very dumb. Um, not wise. And it didn't need to happen. And it's just like, play like you're the better team. And this will now lend the conversation to, yeah, the defense, I think, is a problem. I don't know how they're going to reconcile this because, you know, I, I, do they like, I think best case scenario, right? They lose Glenn to a head coaching position next year right i mean just fire the guy whether he goes and i mean he's not going to get a head coaching job he's been a bottom five i don't think he's going to get fired though that's my problem i think i I mean if he doesn't level of stubbornness about it he's more likely in my opinion to get fired than to get a head coaching job he has a bottom five defense for the third year in a row no one's going to hire that guy as a head coach um my the biggest thing is yes you can blame you know some of the turnovers some of the stuff that's happened on the offensive side of the ball has hurt our defense some of the you know the special teams decisions on fourth down that Dan Campbell makes has hurt our defense. But just eye test, John, just watching this defense play against, I mean, we made Jordan Love look like, like I'm, I'm about to come out and say that Jordan Love is a franchise quarterback. That's how bad we were defensively, where we made him look that comfortable in our home field on a Thanksgiving game and a sellout crowd where we're eight and, you know, we're eight and three, we're rolling. Everybody's feeling good about our team. And he comes in and just absolutely dominates us. I mean, he made it look easy all game long. Couldn't get pressure on him to save our lives. No one could cover down the field. Line that we Dude, it, it, it was. He, I mean, he looked like a, a a really good quarterback against us. They ran the ball. They hit play action. They did everything they wanted to against us with no problem at all. And a lot of it, you know, is schematically just not a good not a good the, scheme. The from is no longer an excuse. I do not think that we are so 
shitty in the defensive talent department that we can't generate pressure and we can't cover guys. I, I, I would have bought that argument last year or the year before. I do not buy that argument whatsoever this year. And so we get to a point now where I just think like, honestly, the way that Glenn approaches defense is very antithetical to the way that Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson approach offense. It's incredibly safe. Uh, they, they don't do anything aggressive. They don't take any chances. They're afraid to blitz people. They're afraid to do anything creative to generate pressure. And the coverage is, is very basic. Um, but Mark, would you agree with that diagnosis? I don't think yeah. our linebackers are bad. I don't think our, our well, defensive backfield is bad. I, I really I, don't. Not, so, I, not I, bottom five bad. But average, sure. I'd, I'd, I'd buy average, but they are not bottom five bad. No, no level of our defense line linebackers or or corners and safeties is bottom five talent wise i agree with i agree with that statement but i would not call our, our roster is average defensively our roster is average even offensively sure. our, our roster is average then we should be um, 15 yeah. <laughs> at least i mean and and again that's where coaching will either enhance you or you will either you'll either get better because of the coach that you have right talent will only take you so far the scheme and your coach will take you either higher or lower Right. And on the offensive side of the ball with a pretty average overall roster, Ben Johnson takes us up. Right. Top five offense in the NFL. Right. We shouldn't be. We should probably be around 10, 15. But he takes us up to the top five on defense. We should probably be right around 15, 16. Right. Because we're right in the middle of the pack. I would say roster wise. We're down in the, in the bottom five because, or whatever. because Aaron Glenn is not a good defensive coordinator. That And that is the simple thing. And I know, John, you're a little more forgiving than I am. Uh, I would get rid of him. I would get rid of him. You're in a win now mode and the lions are not, we've never been in this situation, but this patience that we continue to play, not making a move in the free agency to try to help out Aiden Hutchinson in this pass rush. It is killing us. We can't get pressure on anybody, no matter who we play, no matter what the quarterback is, no matter what the scheme is, we can't get any pressure and we can't cover well. So it's a really, really bad combination. And it's going to be the reason the lions lose this year in the playoffs. And, we, we, we can uh, diagnose it right now, but they're not going to do anything to fix it. That's what's sickening to me. That's I'm what gonna, bothers I'm going to be honest, too. I don't. I, I think our, our secondary is fine as far as coverage goes. J- Jacobs I, is bad. He's been I, bad. I disagree. But uh, the, to finish my point, I think you can't expect anybody to cover for as long as our secondary is covering when we are generally failing to generate pressure whatsoever and we can't seem to tackle a mobile quarterback mm. to save our lives and those are serious issues um so look uh, i don't want to sound all doom and gloom lions are eight and three got a big game against the saints next week um we've seen this team look horrible and then the exact next week bounce back and completely dominate teams you kind of have to hope that's what happens obviously kind of a bit of a revenge game obviously glenn and campbell both having ties to new orleans um so I don't think Mark and I are, are completely saying that, you know, like these are massive red flags and, and the, the ship is sinking by any means. But like if you want to beat Philadelphia, if you want to beat San Francisco, these are things that have to be cleaned up. And right now, I do not feel confident that our defense is even close to good enough for us to beat those teams. I wouldn't care if the offense scored on every single drive. I still think we'd probably lose um, a game against uh, San Francisco or the Eagles right now. So. Or Dallas. Or that, and that brings us in, that we would lose to Dallas right now. Um, that brings us into Dallas, and I guess we'll find out in a few weeks when we play them. But Dallas beats up on bad teams, and they did it again. If there's anything you can uh, rely on 
in NFL football, it's Dallas beating up on bad teams. Um, I think the past three weeks in a row, I have taken them with like 10 point spreads, 10 point plus spreads, and they have covered every time. So yeah, um, happy with that best bet. And, and I will say this though, um, commanders, right? Right now they have a horrible offensive line. Their coach is one foot out the door. They traded away half of their defensive assets, but the new commanders, whatever they're going to be named, it could be the, the Warriors has been a big front runner. Some people keep talking about the Red Tails. I don't know if they're, they're going to be named the commanders next year, but they currently are sitting with $90 million in cap space next year, a top 10 draft pick, and then five total top 100 picks. Sam Howell is not a bad quarterback. I just think he lacks protection. I can't believe this you're a, doing this right now with the commanders. You're like the number is, one commanders hater of all time. I hate, and I and have you to are call, coming out here and you are giving them hope. This is an incredibly attractive head coaching spot. Out of all of the teams that are currently about to lack a head coach, Raiders, Panthers, we'll, we'll get to Panthers, obviously. Commanders, the right, the Rivera's almost assuredly going to be fired this year. I think them and maybe the Chargers will be the two most attractive spots because I don't think Staley's going to be. At the end of the I'm season, surprised right? he hasn't been fired yet. Same. He might be fired when this episode airs tomorrow morning. Probably. Um, is I mean, am I am I crazy here or a little bit? Team little feel bit. like it's, it's still changeover and owner. Yeah, but new ownership. I mean, I mean, I I, I I hear what you're saying. It's it's just you're assuming that they handle all of that the right way, which they've never done. Fair, but they also had the biggest dipshit owner of all time. And if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you know what a change in ownership has done for a team. Uh, and so... Well, we'll see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Not trying to get ahead of ourselves. I just wanted to point it we'll out. see what um, happens. I also want to give a shout-out to Dak because we do a lot of hate uh, on this podcast for the Cowboys. But Dak, what that dude's been through... All right. I mean, he's been through a lot. I think he lost his he lost his mom not too long ago, lost his brother to suicide. He got jumped uh, on vacation and got beat to like unconscious a few years ago. He had that horrible injury where he snapped his ankle um, and to overcome everything that he I mean, he was a low, he was a late draft pick who had to come in and, and replace Tony Romo, who's like one of the legendary NFL quarterbacks. And he's playing for America's team where there's just so much pressure on you always. And he is balling out. I mean, you could you could argue MVP season right now for Dak, and the Cowboys are are looking better and better, and they're beating up on the teams they're supposed to. You look at their losses. I mean, they have a bad loss to the Cardinals, but besides that, I mean, the 49ers are a good team, and the and the Eagles are the two top teams in the NFC. Their other losses. Yeah, so, I mean, they look they definitely look very good. Um, and that you were right, uh, Dak. You know, he's pretty much balling. Yeah, he uh, he put a flag down and said, "I'm not going to have a turnover problem this year like I did last year." And he he's lived up to that promise, um, you know, in a huge way so far this year. Um, I hate Dallas, but I root for Dak. I like yeah, Dak. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, there's a lot of players on the Cowboys that I like, but I just hate the Cowboys in general. Um, it's, I mean, it's, most uh, people most people do you either love them or you hate them, but I Dak is a guy that you can't hate. It's very very hard to hate him. Yeah. So. Um, Good team. Obviously, I'd say, you know, right now you can't be a, a Lions fan and be under the delusion that we're the third best team in the NFC. I think that that pretty handedly belongs to the Cowboys at the moment. Um, and then big matchup implications next week with the Seahawks, who are kind of in the playoff bubble. Um, 
and they just played San Fran and got slaughtered by them. I mean, obviously, you know, um, they've been on the wrong side of some injuries and they've had some issues, but I mean, this was just an ass whooping. Um, San Fran completely took it to them. And now the Seahawks are going down a very rough stretch here. They have the Cowboys, they have San Fran again, they have the Eagles. Um, and so if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, they better hope that they, you know, squeak a win or two out, um, in the next few weeks here. Um, it doesn't look good for Seattle. It does not look good for Seattle. The other thing too, is that Woolen, who had a phenomenal rookie season actually got benched during this game, apparently for not necessarily for coverage problems, but for tackling problems. Um, and so another thing to keep an eye on, um, I don't know why his play has regressed so much. Cause I thought that he was, you know, like I said, had a very impressive rookie season, but um, something's going on there as well. And then, you know, San Fran's kind of back to playing the football that we're used to watching them play. So 49ers are back. They, if you, if you doubted them on their three game losing streak, you're an idiot. They're back. Yeah, it happens. Good teams going, go into slumps. Casey, um, you know, has gone through a few of them, um, over the years. Um, I mean, even, you know, Patriots, whoever you can name a lot of these really consistently good teams sometimes just find themselves in a rut and it's their ability to dig themselves out of it. And, uh, you know, 49ers, I think, have done exactly that. Um, they've proven that over the past few games here. Um, okay, dumpster fire alert. Mark, the Jets are not going to be able to stay in it for Aaron Rodgers. I think I think we can kind of officially say that. Um, they are in tatters. Offensive. They're defeated. I mean, they're just they're, they're just horrible. defeated. You can see it on the on the pick six at the end of the half, ninety nine yard pick six, which again was a great play by Miami by Miami, but. You could just see the offense just defeated. I mean, the receivers are jogging down the field. They're not hopeful. I mean, Boyle couldn't even get it to the goal line. Um, and then once that ball gets picked off, I mean, the effort was not great from the rest of the guys trying to hustle to make the play. Boyle gets juked out of his socks. Brees Hall gets run over. I mean, those are the only two guys back there that could even make the tackle. Offensive it, line sucks. The like, offensive really line bad. struggles. I mean, and then it, it's contagious because the Jets' defense plays lights out, and then when you have a – play like that happen that just demoralizes you and just takes everything out of you then you don't have a defense that's, that's playing with that same passion anymore because what are they playing for they know they're going to lose anyway so um there's i mean i feel i honestly i feel bad for the jets dude i feel bad for the jets they went all in on a lot of guys a lot of these people that rogers brought with him are hurting them far more than helping them bringing lazard in bringing randall cobb in most drops in Delvin the Cook. Career. Yeah, Cotton. I mean, it, it's 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 not good. It's not good. And to add insult to injury, I think the Jet. And it's fun again. History repeating itself. It is kind of funny how it happens. What I see the writing on the wall right now. Rogers is going to come back next year. It actually forces the organization to want to double down on what I think is going to end up being a failed experiment even more, right? Where. They're going to be going crazy in free agency. They're going to be. They're going to look a lot like the Rams, right? Where they are just throwing everything into one season because they feel like they're the window that they had is about to close. And by the way, this is if Rob Sala is around next season, which is not guaranteed by any means, and that is a whole other wrench to throw into this situation. Um, but I think they're going to be forced into a situation where they're putting everything into next season. And if it doesn't work out for them, they are going to become the same old jets that we are used to knowing very quickly. And uh, they're, you know, 
what was a top five defense. Is it going to look like that anymore? They're going to be missing Rodgers. They're not going to know what to do about their quarterback situation. And it's going to be same old shit. I know that Mark and I were saying Super Bowl potential for this team, not, you know, six, seven weeks ago, if they can hang until Rodgers was healthy. That window has definitely closed. And now you're looking at next season and next season feels like a trap to say the least. It, it am, just I, am I framing the, this incorrectly or no? I mean, it shows, it shows you the value of Aaron Rodgers, and it shows you the, the light that a team can have and the passion a team can have when you have a guy like that at the helm. Second that he went down, you had a, you had a worry that this kind of thing would happen. You hoped Zach Wilson would be able to come in and, and keep him alive long enough. Um, they're just, they're just really, really bad. The quarterback position, Hackett's getting exposed um, without Rodgers. He's he's not a very good offensive coordinator. Um, it's it's tough, dude. I feel bad for the Jets. It's tough. I, wa- it totally I wanted them tough. to be. I wanted them to be better. I still Same. believe in. Once Rodgers comes back, you know, even this year with as bad as they are right now, if Rodgers was their quarterback, I do think that they're one of the best teams in the AFC. And it's just because they have a great defense, and he changes everything for you. He, he he makes your play caller better. He makes your receivers better. He makes your O line better. He he helps your running game. Like, I don't think people realize the effect that having a Hall of Fame quarterback has on a team. And so when he comes back next year, people should believe in the Jets. They should be hopeful. Uh, but until then, it's dark. And and by the way, for those that don't believe in the Aaron Rodgers effect, look at what Tom Brady did to a Tampa team that didn't even make the playoffs a year prior. I mean, he, the, when it comes to getting over the hump, elevating the talent around you, elevating the coaches around you, one guy can legitimately do that at the quarterback position. It is possible. Um, and I hope, you know, I, I legitimately hope the Jets are a contender next year because, like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what what to feel otherwise as a Jets fan other than just having fingers crossed that, you know, they're able to kind of go all in and make something happen next year. Quick update to Dobbs just threw his fourth pick and uh, the Bears have a six point lead right now in the fourth. quarter. It is, so it is we'll, nine to three to start the fourth quarter. We're, we're keeping an eye on that as we work our way to the to the last game of our recap. But uh, I'm, yeah, I think I'm about to watch this interception happen. So let me just. Are you behind? I don't know if I am or not. Because I just, I'm, I'm. I mean, the Bears are driving at, now. It's yeah, it's it's first and ten Vikings on my side, so I must be behind. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. All right, Saints Falcons. Let's talk about this shitter of a game that Mark bullied me into <laughs> taking a best bets for. Hey, and again, for the for the record, John, we both have one loss in our best bets this week. Okay, we both went two and one. I, but I will, could be twenty five both... and twenty four. Correct. Saying. And and you can always continue to get back to above 500. But I want to put an asterisk next to mine because the Jets were gonna cover that game if they didn't throw that 99 yard pick six. Okay, so that's bullshit. And then I want to put an asterisk next to John's because I knew that would happen and I did bully him into it and trick him into it. And if you watch last week's episode, you will know exactly what we're talking about. I guilt I guilted him into it. He's a Saints fan. I made him do that, knowing damn well that this was a trap. And I said it at the very start that I I did not like how we were looking there. Um, Arthur Smith's offense looked like a serious offense for once. Um, Marshawn Lattimore is on IR. Um, Saints are looking banged up without a whole lot of vision or purpose behind the way they're playing football, especially offensively. Um, And again, the Falcons offense did something for once, which was, uh, you know, fun, I guess. So, um, that's pretty much the wrap on that game. Obviously, Saints do do not 
cover um, losing the game. I'm pissed. <laughs> and by the way, this division dumpster fire again. Always two is. years in a row. Always two is. years in a row dumpster fire. Um, Call Drew Brees up. Yeah, whose arm apparently just doesn't work anymore. Did you hear that report? I mean, I'm not surprised, dude. You play football that long. I mean, I didn't play. I played football my whole life. Stopped at age 23. And I can barely walk. So I don't. I mean, being 40, yeah, um, being yeah. playing till you're 40 and having far more contact and. Yeah, he said his his right shoulder just like isn't a thing anymore, yeah, basically. So, um, sorry, Drew Brees, but hopefully you enjoy retirement. Justin Fields just turned over. Damn it! In field goal range. Dude, are you kidding me? Oh, I, I just saw that. Yeah, he fumbled. Uh, um, this game stinks. Yeah, it's a stinker. It is. It's hey, a, but you know we're rooting hard for the Bears. If you're a Lions fan, we are. We need to. The Vikings need to fall off so that we have a little less pressure. Um, uh, Steelers, Steelers without Matt Canada, John. Uh, f- over 400 yards of offense for the first time, and I think over 50 games. Yeah, but um, s- still only score 16 points with that, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So still got to get the red zone figured out. Still yeah. got to get the, the turnovers figured hey, out. Hey, but a win's a win, and the Steelers again. They're the most up and down team that you could ever imagine. I'd hate having to root for the Steelers. I'll be honest with you. Um, you feel I feel awful for Cincinnati. I feel awful for Cincinnati. I mean, we have. All the hype going into into the season, the revenge against Kansas City, it felt like it was going to happen. Bro, just started feeling healthy, reeling. You know, it looks like they rattled off a couple wins. He goes down, and they just, I mean, this is a bad loss. And this is it not going to be a playoff they're, team. Sorry. They're not a playoff team. And even if they were, they have no chance of doing anything magical. The Steelers team, on the other hand, Mike Tomlin just finds ways to get these guys ready to play. He finds ways to, to, to motivate this team and, and give them belief because this team isn't very good. This but... is the shittiest team with a winning record I think I've ever seen, actually. Dude, they're just well coached and they and they <laughs> and they know what they are and they play into that. And it's like I think I don't know. Last year's Giants team was better than I want to put a bullshit alert on Deontay Johnson. Did you see the, the the laziness that he had on some of those plays, especially the fumble where he didn't even try to make a tackle or recover? Well, and and he was he was making the claim that the whole reason the Steelers are having all these issues is Canada, right? I, I mean, know. He was well, like, a lot of them were. Right. He, he, he tweeted was after talking the game. Canada to he his literally face. tweeted after the game saying like, "Huh, wow, weird how we had like a, a successful offensive game," and I'm like, "Dude, you dropped a touchdown." And that was one of the reasons you only had 16 points. And on your turnovers, on the fumble, you didn't even try to tackle a guy. So right. kind of like screw you Crazy. is my yeah. whole thought with that. Well, and then, like I think you said this, uh, you know, a, a few episodes again. Tomlin's ability to manage horrible egos, bad attitudes, cry baby, bad attitudes is incredibly impressive because he has had to deal with uh, quite a share of. Um, egotistical selfish nfl players and he somehow uh is able to manage those egos better than probably any other coach in the league if i'm being honest um moving on to what we said was a very big afc south matchup jags Best come out whoop, whoop. asterisk though can i say there's what a, yes. the re- the officiating don't was give me that bullshit favor. Uh, dude that doesn't mean they were gonna win wasn't a catch doesn't mean they were gonna win. Yeah, he also had a uh, a sixty yard uh, reception called back for uh, a legal motion. 
that was literally the Miami Dolphins motion that they run all the time. Also, John, did he bobble that ball at all? I mean, that that still frame picture shows me that he's in in that moment, but that ball could have bobbled. Somebody got into an argument. It's either this or or the quote tweet that came with it, and there were multiple other shots of, no, this should have been a catch. So, look, I'm just saying Houston got the brunt of the officiating. Yes, you're right. I shouldn't be attributing the the win or the loss. When it's a three-point game, I think it's allowed to be a little bit of a conversation. I have no horse in this race. I don't really care who won this game. I, I um, feel good about it because it was a best bet, and I'm just absolutely hot just as a genius. genius. Sure. I mean, dude, you know, John, do you know what my record is in bets best in the last five weeks overall in the best bets? I don't know it off the top of my head. You know how many losses really. I have in the last Two. five weeks? Two. Yeah, yeah, pretty impressive. Two losses in five weeks. I think I have 12. You're like, I was going to say, you're probably like 12 or 13 to two. So, yeah, it's, Sorry it's, for it's we're, we're rolling. We're rolling on this podcast. Again, I say it all the time. If you want to win money, you come and ride. Hey, Mark, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are in the playoff bubble. Yeah, I mean, it's sickening. You know what all, you know what all this, you know what this does, John? It just, it just confirms our take on Anthony Richardson. And I get to slam dunk on these idiots all the time. They're a better team without that dude. They're a better team with Gardner Minshew. And if you don't admit it, you just, you just want to buy into the hype. You just want to buy into the bullshit hype. I mean, we haven't seen nearly enough of Anthony Richardson to, to make that I've seen that enough of Minshew. They're winning games. Minshew looks good. They're a playoff bubble team right now. Would you be? Will we be saying that with Anthony Richardson? We'll never know. So that's but, well. That's my big question, right? Richardson comes back next year. Let's say by the grace of God, he plays. You know, fifteen out of seventeen games or whatever without too many injuries. Are they a playoff team next year with him? And that's the tell, right? I mean, that's really going to be. I mean, I don't know. So. It's it's a weird situation if you're a Colts fan. I don't know how I'd be treating this entire thing. Um, I mean, I I would have to be pretty stoked on uh, Shane Steichen as as the head coach. I mean, he's, yeah, he's done a he's done a good job. Yeah, he's getting a lot out of a team that really doesn't have a lot of talent on it. So, um, offensive line playing significantly better than they were last year with not a whole lot of movement on the talent front there. All right, tank pool number one got Patriots hey. at Giants. You know what this is? Tommy it's DeVito? The, it's, the, it's the Italian army. It's the Italians. The Italian-Americans are taking over football, dude. It's all about the Italians when it comes to this to this game. Tommy DeVito, America's hero. That's all you need to know. Okay. Two wins as a starter. Two wins Pretty impressive. as a starter. Two wins as a starter. He's representing the Italian-American culture very, very well. Um, uh, against he's the embracing Patriot, it. doesn't say much, but I'll take hey. it. You know, you got to respect it. A win's a win in this league, and uh, he's got two straight wins. Facts. The Patriots also uh, somehow, some way, are even tanking better than anybody. So they're the best team for 20 years. They're a dynasty, right? Belichick, Brady. And then the second that they're not a dynasty, they're the best tanking team we've ever seen. And the thing is, is that, as everybody knows, Belichick has some weird drafting habits. Well, he's probably not even going to be around to, I don't know. Is, is Belichick uh, gone after this year? I don't know what it, to make of this. I want page. I want to hear what Patriots fans have to say, because if you're like a diehard Patriots fan, I feel like you're actually really torn because this happens in really anything, but some of the most successful people, sometimes they don't know when they've lost it, right? Some of the best coaches 
are great when they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and then they get to this point where whatever got them to where they were, as you know, in terms of accomplishments, they start to lose that edge. They start to lose a schematic advantage. Like other younger minds start to innovate and figure you out. And I feel like Belichick is, he's lost it. Like he's not the same, you know, he's not the same coach that he once was. And yeah, I feel like I, if you're a Patriots fan, you have some great runs, you have some great memories, but that doesn't mean you, you know, you can't, it's a win. It's what have you done for me now? It's a one have you done for me now league. Now, you know, I, I always, I don't know if, if you spend too much time thinking about this, but I do of, of retirement gigs, right? Like when I retire, I want to just like build guitars. Like that sounds like a fun retirement gig to me, right? I'm sure you have a couple. What of are you, the head. guy from freaking Surfs Up building his surfboard? Exactly, right? I'm gonna do all the, <laughs> the big the Z. Finance, <laughs> yeah, my, yep. There we go. Um, oh my god, like, I can't even imagine your hair is gonna look like when you do that. Yeah, dude, I was looking dude. at our our intro reel and seeing like how long I let my beard get some months. Oh I was like, god. oh my god. So I wouldn't anyways, even recognize you. Oh yeah, at that point, it, it sounds like an ideal retirement gig. Me being like a like a seventy year old man, kind of look like Zeus, and I just like sit around and make guitars. Sounds great. Anyways, <laughs> is Bill Belichick's retirement gig being the defensive coordinator for some team? No, nah. that's right. Relinquish some responsibility. Doesn't have to be the head coach. Doesn't have to steer the ship. Just has to make sure the defense is playing good. Which, by the way, the Patriots' defense is still very good. Despite how horrible, ah, I don't know if they're very good. I think they play good against bad teams. I think they're, top, quarterback. They're, they're top ten defensively. I would say they're okay. I would say they're okay. But again, he's. I just. I don't know, John. I feel like I feel like he's going to be done. I don't. I feel like he's not going to want to start somewhere fresh. And I. I don't. I honestly, I don't know what Robert Kraft does in this situation. He's. I mean, he's the best coach ever. There's really no debate about it. Um, I think he got uplifted big time by Tom Brady and had had the blessing of having that guy at quarterback for 20 years. But I I don't know what you can I don't know what you could say here. I don't know what Patriots fans want. If this was me and I was if this was the Lions and we had won six Super Bowls with this coach, I would say let it ride till he dies or retires. Like let him be our coach until he chooses not to be. Or Maybe dies. he'll see the writing on the wall and do it himself. I'm not sure, but he he seems too stubborn to do that. And that's so what I'm saying. I think, but I think him being stubborn is part of the problem. I think that's why they're right. worse. Right. He doesn't hire the right assistants. He doesn't draft right. He doesn't use free agency the right way. He's stuck in his old ways, and it worked when you had Tom Brady as kind of like the bridge, the the bridge of the gap between players and coaches, because the Patriot way only works if the players buy into it, and. Again, in the NFL, there's so many egos and stuff that it doesn't usually work. But when you have a guy like Brady that bridges that gap between the the authority and the, the guys that are working for you, it works. When you lose right. that, we've seen that it does not work. Yeah. Um. All right. Another. So, Mark, you're you're a wide receiver. You know, I am I, I former have, former wide receiver. You have what I would say educated takes and, you know, good input based off of, you know, wide receiver play at this level. I'm going to show you a clip and the challenge mm. is to not vomit on screen while, while you watch this, um, this particular Panthers play. I mean, <laughs> it's almost as if he tried to get his feet out of bounds. Like that's like the inverse of what he should have been trying to do. Right. I, <laughs> I is it a good throw? No, but and I, I and I've never been the person that blames the throw ever. Like if you're a receiver and you get even a single finger on the ball, 
you should catch it, in my opinion. That's what I tell my players I, when I coach. That's what I told myself when I played. If you can touch it, you can catch it. Uh, I don't care where the ball is put. I don't care if you're about to get hit. I don't care if there's a defender all over you. If you can touch it, you can catch it. And he gets two hands on this ball uh, with with some room, too. And all he has to do is a little toe drag and a little bit of body control and a little bit of awareness, and that's a uh, and first And he, time. like, reverse, like, swan dives. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. But you know what, John? This happens in the NFL. You know why? And I'm going to call out owners and coaches. People value the wrong things when they scout receivers. They look at speed. They look at big playability. And when almost, you know, how's that working out time, for Johnson, by the way? I, exactly. Oof. Yeah, they look at size. Most of the time, you just need a receiver that can get open, whether he's fast or whether he's quick or he's just a good route runner. Doesn't matter. If he gets open, he gets open. Okay. You need a guy that gets open. You need a guy who's sure-handed. Most of the time, that's going to be your more consistent, better receiver. Every team will have a, a Tyreek Hill, a Tank Dell, you know, a guy, a Jamison Williamson, a guy that that has speed that can take the top off a of defense. But you don't need three of those. Okay, you need sure-handed dudes that will consistently move the chains on third and nine on plays like that. And they always get it wrong and think that it's always about the guy, the home run hitting guy, the big tall guy, the burner, and just draft the guy that actually plays the receiver position the best. The best receivers that we see, the Devontae Adams, the Cooper Cups, the Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, those guys are sure-handed, they run great routes, and then they can do some stuff after the catch. But none of them are freaking, you know, just straight freak burners. They're not slow, but, you know what I mean, they get open in other ways. Right, yeah. I mean, and you, you get size variance in that list that you just had. Right. Like you are right yeah. that none, none of those guys. I mean, Tyree Kill is the only truly elite freak. wide receiver in the league. He is so that, fast, that dude. beats you with speed, and it is because he is the fastest. It's not he's fast. He is faster than everyone else by a huge margin. Um, So, sorry for the tangent. Honestly, I, I have no additional input on, on the Pan- Panthers-Titans game. Titans, Titans can't win an away game to save their lives, and they seem to be... Pretty damn good at winning. Is games Vrabel gone at the end of the season? I don't. Season? I don't think Vrabel's gone. Okay. I don't it's know. I could be wrong, but I, I mean, hey, if he isn't gone and Belichick is, that's who I'm hiring from the Patriots. I'm hiring Vrabel. Interesting. Okay. Ex Patriot. He's a he's yeah. a Patriot born. He's a modern day Patriot that you want right. to bring in. Good, who will good, hire good the right people? Fit. Good cultural. Oh, totally, dude. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if he's not getting hired as a head coach, Detroit should call him and bring him in as a DC stat. Dude, Dan Campbell and Vrabel on the same. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. Or Sala. Yeah, or Sala. Or Ron Rivera. Or Ron Rivera. Bring in a DC that knows what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, Rams, Cardinals, Rams just destroyed them. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot to add. To, to this conversation other than the Rams came to play. And I, are they, are there any conversations to be had about playoff bubble with the way that the unfortunately, NFC unfortunately there are, I mean, unfortunately there are, Hey, that Seahawks win. I know Gino got hurt. That Seahawks win was pretty impressive. They were, they were in it up until Gino got hurt too. I, I'd argue they win that game. Even touchdown Vikings, Hawkinson, damn it. No way. Five minutes left. Dobbs has four picks, but he just, they're going to take the lead. They're going to kick an extra point and take the lead. Okay, but so Bears are a field goal to win it, though. At the moment. Yeah, but dude, come on. Right. They don't want, again, they don't want to win games. We're the only ones rooting for the Bears. Chicago is rooting for them to lose. Right. 
Detroit uh, is rooting for the Bears harder than Chicago is. That's funny. Um, uh, all right. So the Denver Broncos, Mark, I get that the Browns are lacking a legitimate quarterback. I would say that DTR actually did okay this game until he got hurt. Um, but the Denver Broncos are truly the story here. Is Sean I don't know Payton, what's happening. I think Sean Payton was taking a, a train wreck and somehow, some way, is actually turning them into a team that can win some games. And not only that, their schedule's not too difficult down the stretch here. And so talk about teams that are probably in the playoff bubble somehow, some way. This is one of them. John, since that 70-point burger that Miami put on them, I think they've only allowed 80 points total 80 since. 80 points since. It's crazy. <laughs> so you mix that with the improvement of Russell Wilson, which has shocked everybody. The defense um, is is once again playing like a defense that is and and, and we knew five. the defense would eventually like the defense for Denver hasn't been the problem the last few years. In fact, no, it was actually last year they were good. a top three defense. Yeah, yeah so. it's it's been Russell Wilson, and it seems mm-hmm. as though they're they've kind of figured it out a little bit, and it's scary because I don't want to see the Broncos play in the playoffs. Do I have to take? Should do I should I should I take it out of the ticker? Let's get what do they have? If they win six straight, if I put them in my best bets this week, I'm taking it out of the ticker. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll I'm going to evaluate it because I'm not confident in them. Still, after winning five straight, I'm still not confident. But they continue to, I, to prove us who's wrong. Their, who's their matchup this week? Okay, this Texans. is a good matchup, right? They're, you're not missing your starting quarterback. There's no big injuries. There's no big whatever. If you can, if you can pull that one, there's no flukes, right? Like the Bills game. Like if you can make that happen, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Sean Payton's actually doing it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh my god. Um. All right, Casey Raiders. Casey owns the Raiders. I mean, hey, fourteen nothing Raiders in this game. Did I worry? Did I worry that they wouldn't cover nine and a half? You bet your ass. But <laughs> they did cover. They did cover nine and a half. And so in a much more real sense, I wasn't worried because it's the Chiefs. And they were pissed off, motivated, revenge. They lost the week prior. Uh, Mahomes hates Max Crosby. This is what I love. This is what I love to see. I'm trying to pull this this picture up as quickly. This is Aiden O'Connell first half and second half right there. That's that was that game. So I mean, you I, knew I you knew when that's when that score got to fourteen nothing that the Chiefs were going to win. But did you think they were going to cover? Probably Crazy. not. But hey, you put in the best bets because you believe it and you stick with it. And I never wavered. Oh hey, before before we move on to the next game, there was something we really should have covered with Panthers Titans. Duh. Uh, ousted mid season. Pretty. I think it's premature. I think it's super premature, and I also don't think he was the problem. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so, so put, so you you take a significant amount of draft capital. This is inverse Washington Commanders right now. Your owner is willing to take a significant amount of draft capital, trade up to have the first overall pick, drafts the quarterback that the head coach doesn't want, has no other draft capital to work with for the head coach to actually like, you know, have some input on molding his team and figuring out what kind of players he wants to work with. Horrible offensive line, slow-ass receivers, 
and then you fire the head coach. I mean, this is just the owner having being too hands on, John. The the owner yeah. has too much say in what's happening. The owner's trying to assume basically that they know more than these football minded people that have been around it their whole lives. And when you have an owner like that that does that, this is what you get. You, this franchise is not going anywhere in a positive way anytime do, soon do either. That's the problem too, unfortunately. Yeah, the it's the problem is there's no there's no bright like light at the end of the tunnel right now. There's no hope. They they don't have, like you said they don't have cap, they don't have draft space, they don't have very unattractive to whoever. Very unattractive, dude. And Bryce Young seems to not Justin Fields just threw another pick. Um no way. Mhm. So game's over potentially. Pretty no. much 3 minutes left. Um Hold them to a field goal here. You got a chance, or I mean, even a, a touchdown. I guess it's an eight-point game. Um, yeah, it's it's a really bizarre situation. And so, I, I like the speculation, right? Being a finance guy. Um, so Tepper, he's wealthy because he's a really good investor. He's like a hedge fund manager. He's you know made a bunch of crazy successful trades over his life. Speculation is like, um, first time that he's actually looking at like you know odds and people here and he's not able to like actually figure out the investment calculus that goes into drafting good players and all those things because it's not just numbers and technical analysis and you know balance sheets anymore there's like people there's relationships there's you know film there's all these other things that go into it um and i think if he manages a football team like he manages a hedge fund and continues to do that i think you're right mark i think it's very dark times for the panthers for the foreseeable future so and he just became the owner relatively recently. If yeah, happened. and he's definitely, he's just got his hands, he's way too involved. Yeah. He's way too involved. Way too yeah. quick, you know, decisions are made way too quick. Uh, this was dumb. Very, very unwise. Um, all right, Bills-Eagles was an awesome game. The Bills, you know, kind of played, like, I would say, the past, you know, two years. Um, they, they looked more like that team. Uh, they have definitely improved offensively ever since firing their OC, um, which still don't know how much I agree with that decision, but they have been better. Yeah. They I don't know if that was the cause. But um, the game boils down to to an overtime loss, um, but it was a, was a fun game to watch um, through and through. Um, I, I don't have, I don't know, I have much input other than Eagles are continued to be a really really good freaking team um they they look scary they find ways to win dude jalen hurts is is one of the more clutch players in the nfl if not the most clutch player in the nfl that is not a dude that that you can ever feel safe with a lead when you're going against him josh allen you know you you feel bad for the guy he's you know oh and six in these overtime games now he drives right down the field um and john i mean i can explain that last play um the Bills play where they throw it to Gabe Davis, and, and he basically what happened was is he had a choice route, he had an option route. If you get one high safety, he's supposed to break to the corner away from that single high safety. If you get two high safeties, the middle of the field's open. He's supposed to break on the post, which is where Josh Allen threw it because it was technically middle of the field open because they played straight man across the board and brought pressure. Uh, so there was a miscommunication there. Gabe Davis broke the wrong way, and Josh yeah. Allen threw it, and again. If Josh Allen throws it to the corner to touchdown, or if Gabe Davis breaks the middle to touchdown, because he had his guy beat both ways. I mean, he was open no matter which way you draw it up. 
unfortunately they were on the they were on the wrong page mm-hmm. and that's the difference between kicking a field goal and scoring a game winning touchdown and giving no chance for mm-hmm. um hurts and the eagles to try to steal that game also the 60 yard kick was insane in that in those conditions yeah to even force overtime right. i i just i i can't believe i mean i feel like the eagles are using up all their magic which is what i hope i hope they're using all this magic now and it's gonna run out i don't know man they look they look like a rock solid football team that it's like you don't really have a lot of questions right like defensively they can generate a pass rush on anybody their secondary is really good offensively it's a third or you know it's a first and nine basically no matter what the situation is uh they're very fundamentally sound really good offensive line really great weapons around that offensive line uh a quarterback that i think is still probably underrated to some degree i mean they're a scary team man and i i think right now if i had to you know make any guesses i think we see san fran and the eagles rematching and in an nfc championship again i mean i just think they're they're objectively the best teams in the NFC. So um, that's all I got on that front. Um, Baltimore Chargers. Now I'll, I'll pay respects to the Chargers real quick. First of all, this is the future of offensive football, John. I've been saying this since preseason when we started some film on it, and I will eventually do a full episode breakdown in the offseason of why laterals are the future of offensive football. That will this, come this offseason. This play is awesome. This game was horrible for three quarters and then really good in the fourth. This uniform matchup might be one of my favorites that I've seen all season. The white helmets with the super dark navy bolt and then the Baltimore with the aways, but you got the black helmets on, purple pants. I mean, just amazing uniform matchup. Yeah, so basically, you know, you throw the crossing route to Keenan Allen, you get soft coverage because it's third and 17, and uh, Eckler on the other side runs a, a rail route and basically just trails, and he basically catches it and throws it right back across the field to Eckler, and they get the first down. It's really, really creative. Uh, Kellen Moore doing a great job. I'm telling you that you're going to see that more and more on normal downs. We've seen Kansas City try it a few times. Eventually, we're going to see that more and more. It's going to become, you know, an innovative part of offensive football. I love it, uh, and I will do a full breakdown on why that's going to be a, a common thing that's seen moving yeah, forward. Definitely bookmark that play is one of the prime examples. Yeah. It was a damn good play. Chargers, um, this game was very close um, all the way until the, the buzzer, basically. Zay Flowers kind of had his breakout game. Uh, this one, two touchdowns. Um, dumb of I mean, him to not dumb of him to score on the last one, by the way, John. Low yeah. football IQ. Should have slid, take a knee right. in the game. You're right. Um, really, really. I I think. I mean, I feel horrible for for Justin Herbert. I'll say that for starters, uh, this dude. I mean, I feel like he's he's totally just at the mercy of a shitty head coach. Um. I know there's things he can be doing better, but I think overall he's still easily top 10. Maybe even you can make the argument top five quarterback in the league. And he is um, 30 and 30 as a charger Um, has seen the playoffs, you know, one time, uh, which was also an embarrassment. (laughs) Yeah, it was, was very, you know, they, John, you know, they haven't won a game in those uniforms. The new, the ones you like those blue. Yeah. Dark blue. Um, creamsicles, I think, uh, for Tampa is like one and four in the creams creamsicles too. So look, sometimes the drip just has bad luck, but 
I have to acknowledge the drip. They they looked sick even though they lost. So look good, feel good, lose good. Yep. Um, I'm waiting to see what the final is on this uh, Chicago Vikings game. Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing a replay right now, but I, I haven't seen the score. There's like yet, a minute. Though. There's a minute left. It's still uh, it's still the Vikings up ten to nine. Okay. I think the Bears just got the ball back. They just punted it to them, so it's commercial right now. But okay. if we want, we can go in and start doing our picks, and then recap we'll it back. like as it. We'll live react to what happens. I I can't really see anything other than the Bears blowing it and losing. Yeah, happening. just commercial break just ended for me. So I'm watching this play right now. Fields with a nice pass to Moore are actually at midfield now. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, Better believe it. Let's get a game-winning field goal, boys. Best bets. We got a lot of good matchups this week, honestly. Um, Starting off Thursday night football, short week. I do not think that works in the Seahawks' favor in any way, shape, or form um, against the Cowboys. Cowboys are um, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I think Geno Smith is is like officially good and healthy at this point. I think so. Does does he look good? No, but right, he's playing. So I don't quite know where we're at in that front. I like Dallas to win. I'm not going. I like them to cover, but I am not adding them into my best bets this time around. Agreed. Same. I think I think Dallas takes care of business, but. Probably covers, but they're finally of... playing a good team, and so I don't know about the whole coverage thing. I've been yeah. I've been hammering the the Dallas uh, spreads the past three weeks. First time I'm taking a break in a minute. Um, Colts at Titans, AFC South matchup. Colts are in the playoff hunt. Um, Titans are getting two and a half points at home. Home dogs. I like the Titans to win this one, honestly. I like them to so, cover at the very least. So do I. Do All we right, like Mark, it or do we love it? I don't love it. I do I not love, love it either. It. I don't love it either. But All I, right, Mark, I, I but one like you it. might love, one that you're at least going to have to entertain. Mm. The Denver Broncos are getting three and a half points at Houston, who is coming off of a very close loss. The Broncos are going for six straight wins, playing some of the best football that they have in a long time. What say you, Mark? (sighs) (laughs) I like the Broncos to cover in my best bets. Motherfucker. Ooh. Yeah, drag that sucker over there. I know in the ticker, John... If this if this works, we this have to take it. We have to take it out of the, the ticker. ticker curse. If yeah. if it fails, we have to add it twice. I think that's only fair. So I'm doing that... it. I'm doing it. This is like I'm going against everything that past Mark said to do and past John told past Mark to do. And and John's and past John would be very upset but current john's pretty in support of it i kind of want to see what happens here. present mark feels good about it and present, hey present john's in support of it we'll this is truly happens. testing how hot i am picking because if i'm right on this too even going against past mark because listen past mark a, a huge part of why i've gotten hot is because i stopped listening to past mark and started <laughs> looking to current mark and now i'm breaking past mark's rules yeah we'll, we'll see but might, i think they cover be, i think they cover a new mark I think CJ Stroud gets overwhelmed a little bit. 
I think Russell Wilson goes in there. Broncos defense plays well. I think they cover. I don't know if it's they win. Good, I think it's a good matchup, regardless. Uh, for in the Broncos' favor too, I would say huge game for Houston. Yeah, got to stay afloat here, man. I mean, the whole hype train's riding on your shoulders. You got to keep it going. Do the Chargers finally win one, Mark? Chargers are favored by six points. I don't like them to cover that based off of what I've seen the past three weeks, but I do like Chargers to win at the very least. I kind of feel like the Chargers do cover it. The Patriots blow ass, dude. They're they're not good. But oh my, oh my god, they DJ can play Moore. Defense. DJ Moore to the 15 yard line. Yep. To the 10. Up. Oh my god, the Bears. Come on. They're in Kick field a game goal winner. Range. Yeah. For sure they are. Kick this thing and win this thing. Dude, Justin Fields, by the way, John, I'm gonna just say it. I think they should keep him. He's a good quarterback. I think they I've should keep him. It. I think they should keep him. Uh, I'd rather have him, I think, than 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 a rookie quarterback that you don't know. And like he's proven to me Dude, with he's the a right good coach, with the right pieces around him. So um we can recap this game real quick. Well, we'll wait. We'll wait and see if no, we'll they wait. finish we'll it. Yeah. We'll wait and see if they finish All it. All right. Um, Lions at Saints. Saints are getting four points. I'm not touching this one from a best bets, but I like the Lions to win this. Um, I think it's it's a game you by the way, they win this one and they beat Denver in a few weeks. They would sweep both of their divisional schedules. Um, they'd sweep the entire NFC South and they'd sweep the entire AFC West, which is kind of cool. Um, neither of those things have happened yet, so you don't want to jinx it. But I think I think the Lions revenge game, former staffers, I think they know how to beat this team. I think uh Lattimore being hurt is massive. I is think he for that- sure not playing? He's on IR, so yes, he's he's not going to be back for another three weeks at, at minimum. And Michael Which, Thomas is still out. Michael Thomas is still out. Um, they and have Jameis is starting. No, I think Carr's back. Is Carr back. He's been doing a horrible job of managing any sort of pressure. If I'm Aaron Glenn here, um, I'm blitzing a lot more frequently because Carr's been immobile and making horrible mistakes in the face of pressure. I will say this, Alex Anzalone is out. I know that only matters to Lions fans who are um, Anzalone believers. I am one of them, but I do think that matters. He is a leader on defense, and defense has not been very great lately, as we know. So I think it might I think it'll allow us to at least see how Jack Campbell does more in like the true position that Jack Campbell's supposed to be playing, which is the one that Anzalone currently plays. Right. I think we'll see like he'll be more, maybe more comfortable. Um replacing Anzalone rather than being more off the ball. So I don't know. Maybe he'll do better there. I I will take the Lions to win as well, but I'm not putting my best bets because their defense is atrocious and because I could see Derek Carr picking us apart. I got concern. I I don't know about Derek Carr uh, picking us apart. If he picks us apart, we fire Aaron Glenn. Um, uh, Yeah, probably should, frankly. Um. I put it this way. I, I think if you can't scheme up a good defensive game plan against your former team that still has the same offensive coordinator that whose habits, you know, very well, that's a huge red flag, right? Am I crazy yeah. in saying that? like no, you, I, you I should think... know how to scheme against the offensive coordinator you saw in practice for like four years, right? Yeah, I, I okay. agree. Okay, cool. Um, Especially with a uh, timid quarterback. Oh my God, he missed the field goal. No way. Wait, no, that was earlier. That was earlier. That was earlier. Okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. No. 
Okay, oh, bit, that threw me off. Of that me. threw me off. That threw me you're off. Bit, you're, you're Holy you're shit! Ahead. False alarm! False alarm! False alarm! That they showed the replay. I looked down, John. I have it on my phone underneath. And so they're I'm showing the replay. I'm looking at you. I look what? down and I see a missed field goal, <laughs> and that's all I see. The score is not on the bottom. Anything. I just see a missed field goal. I'm like, oh my god! Oh, Holy shit! Minor heart attack. Minor heart attack. Glad we're live. Right. Um. Holy right. shit! He's lining um, it up right now. Okay. Let's let's watch this. Let's break. Let's recap this game. Let's get back into our uh, Steelers Cardinals pick. Yeah, sounds good. You're a little bit ahead of me, but that's okay. Do you want me to say what it. happens? Yeah, just go ahead. I mean, he made it. Made it. Bear, Bears. Bears. Win. Bears. Ten seconds left to take a lead. Let's go Bears. Bear they down. Had to, they had to feel like the. I Lions felt good about was haunting them with how this game is yeah. this was like a repeat of that game except the bears actually win it this is end. huge for the lions massive that because that pretty much kills the vikings i mean so i was the, the magic number is five any number of five between lions wins and vikings losses is lions win the division so that's one vikings loss so far so we need either two more vikings losses or two more Lions wins basically. That's a big. That's big for the Bears. Shout out to the Bears. Bear down. Um, all right. Cardinals at Steelers. Steelers are five and a half point favorites. I like the Steelers to win here. And honestly, four hundred yards total offense last week. I might like them to cover. <sighs> I've added they got out. Of, hey, they got out of Canada. They got out of Canada and they're back to America. And ju- just to sh- as a show of support. Woo, look at this. Might be a pick I regret, but I'm not sure, man. I kind of like Steelers at home. Terrible towels flying. Cardinals aren't used to seeing this team super often. I like it. I like it too, but I'm not putting in my best bets. For sure. Falcons at Jets. Um, If Jets lose this one, they are dead, period. They, there's no playoff hopes alive. They're done. Is it weird I, that I like the Jets? I don't think so. I mean, getting three, two. <laughs> Anytime John looks at me and tilts his head. What are you doing? What are you thinking? I mean, I put in my best bets last week and they murked me. And that was my only loss. Yeah, but I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do it, dude. Tim Boyle's... Okay terrible tim boy i would not be betting on tim boyle success that's for sure um all right dolphins at commanders the under over i would note is 50.5 that is massive commanders are getting nine and a half points um i don't know what to do about this dude this fumble ruski play that the vikings are running is just hilarious They've for they've thrown it forward like three times. <laughs> it's just like a joke. All right, back to uh, back to reality here. I I like the Dolphins to win, and I think I like them to cover, but not not best bets level of confidence here. I kind of think Washington covers nine and a half. Little shootout type of game. Perhaps. It's definitely a little shootouty. I'm getting shootout vibes for sure. Um, we haven't n- seen as many shootouts this year. Yeah, 
Oh, I feel like this is this has shootout written. Look at the 50 and a half over under. That's massive. That's, yeah. that's implying shootout, if anything, implies shootout. Um, Panthers at Tampa. I think Tampa destroys this team, even though they're not that good either. Is Baker, is Baker healthy? I know Baker had some issues this week. I think he's healthy. Um, questioning that, I don't think I'm going to add my best bets. But, but what about your? What hard. about your? Like you know, hey, coach, coach just fired. Good point. Good that point. Is, you've been riding that this year, and it's gotten you some wins in this best bet battle. That is true, except in this. You know, case, and you know who's stepping into basically lead them, right? Who your good your good old friend, Jim Caldwell. No, he's still he's still in an assistant role. Uh, the I think the special teams coordinator is the head coach. Um, here's the thing with that that take though. It's always if like the coach like without a doubt sucks deserves to get fired, right? Like if Brandon Staley gets fired next week, I expect the Chargers to win that game. I really don't back the Frank Reich firing. I don't think that was a good move, and so I'm not entirely sure about what that's actually going to do for the Panthers' morale because he wasn't necessarily the problem. So I'm, I'm not going to apply that rule this time around. Like, you're, you're firing a Josh McDaniels. You're firing a Matt Patricia. Yeah, no, you take that every time. But this, I'm not sure. I, I think this is more disheartening than anything. Um, Half the coaching staff goes with them, too, which is – that's rare. I mean – that's that's pretty crazy. All right. Browns with again missing Deshaun Watson, probably missing Dorian Thompson or Robinson. I don't know what his official injury was. It looked like a concussion. He was bleeding um, out of his mouth. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> that's never great. Never, never also it was a bullshit call. It was not roughing the passer and it was not targeting. It wasn't. I, it was, I, it was a big hit. So right. damn soft. I mean, yeah, it's just a big hit. That's part of a physical sport that we play. Like, yeah. I'm so sick and tired of every time there's a big hit. Gotta throw the laundry. Gotta do it. Gotta protect the players. Right. Yeah. Like, um, we're not playing soccer. I like I like the Rams here, and I like the Rams to cover, I think. I mean, their, their playoff hopes are as alive as anybody's. I do think Matt Stafford might throw three interceptions this game against that Browns defense, but that's yeah, lock that in, lock that in. If I could put that in the best bets, I'd put it, uh, over I'll let Stafford's you. picks. I'll, I'll no, let you. What's three that, picks what? is crazy. It's probably set at It's probably set at one and a half. I feel like this breaks our whole best bet rules all season. I'm not even. I can't pull up the line fast enough either. So we'll we'll leave it for now. Wasn't meant to um, be, but yeah. If you're uh, if you like player player moves, I would do that. Uh, I think I think the Browns cover, maybe even win. So I, I don't it. trust Stafford against a defense like that. All right, we got San Fran mm. at Philly, NFC Championship rematch, revenge game rematch. This is a double revenge game, though, John. So normally I'd be all over San Francisco because they want the revenge because they got totally screwed over getting all their quarterbacks hurt in the first half of the game and literally had Christian McCaffrey taking snaps at quarterback. But the Eagles had to hear about that and had that win you know, with an asterisk next to it for the last year. And so they also are pissed off and want to prove that they were the rightful team to win that game. So this is double revenge. They both basically want to prove the point of we run the nfc and i gotta be honest man i think the eagles 
have the be- better matchup situation. I, I mean, kind of agree. I think you throw a lot of pressure in Brock Purdy's face. I don't know how well he gets it done. And so I kind of agree. Oof. I I like Eagles here. I like, and they're getting two and a half at home. I know. I mean, really, dude. I might have I, I mean, my best bets. I don't know. This is tough. I also I'll take the see... over. I'm gonna add the over. That's fair. That's a fair. Uh I. I don't know, man. I'm torn because I I, I kind of want to put. I kind of want to put the 49ers in my best bets, but I can't. I can't go against the Eagles right now. I've just seen too much good out of them, and I cannot go against Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he's they've been playing some damn good football lately, for real. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna stay away from this one. I'm gonna stay away from this one. But what I am gonna go is I'm gonna go back up to the Chargers Pats game because I've had my eye on it for the last five minutes and I haven't said anything. Give me the under in that game. Okay. I don't think the Patriots will score. Like at all, will score. Period. <laughs> like I don't. I mean, they might score six points. I think. What if they put the up Chargers like a score. like a fifty burger and then Brandon Staley gets left behind on the East Coast? <laughs> That's where he belongs. Him and Bill both get fired. What if they both get fired because these teams tie <laughs> in like a three-three game? <laughs> <laughs> just fire them both this is terrible um casey at green bay green legendary bay. Uni- uniform matchup here this is about to be i want yellow from both teams i want yellow pants from both teams no shut up it's too much yellow Compl- dude i want i want this to be the mcdonald's special no um no in, in all seriousness man with the way i don't know like are, how are we feeling about Jordan Love at this point in the season? Because I don't know if last week was a fluke, and that does scare me. Um, it wasn't a fluke. I think he's a, a franchise quarter. Getting he's momentum. a franchise. He's a franchise quarterback. They're getting momentum at the right time. Problem is, he went against the Lions' defense, and Casey's defense is really is really good and really good at creating turnovers, creating pressures, and Mahomes is starting to click with some of these guys at the right time. Give me the Chiefs' best bet. Okay. I want, before you do that, I want to note that MVS and Hardman are both injured. Doesn't matter. Both those guys can't catch a ball. And in fact, that makes me want to do it more. Okay. Noted. Give me more Give me more Sky Moore. Give me more Kadarius Tony. Give me more uh, Rasheed Rice. Give me Actually, way more I touches think, for I think Kelsey. Tony might be too, but I, Whatever. He also can't catch. <laughs> give me guys that can catch the ball. Give me Watson. Give me Kelsey. Give me Sky Moore. Book it. And then Monday Night Football, Bengals at Jags, favorited by eight points. Mm. If it was seven, I would be adding Jags to my best bets right now. I don't know about eight because Bengals defense is still playing pretty good. So I'm not going to touch it. I got I got Steelers and it's a good and, cat uh, matchup. It is a good cat matchup. We should just scratch this game and let a Jaguar wrestle a Tiger. That sounds great. I'm a big fan of that. Tiger would kill him. Think so? You know Tigers are the biggest cats. 
B- bigger than lions? Oh yeah. For real? Mm-hmm. Huh. Learn something new every day. Fun facts here on the Practice Squad Pod. Fun facts. Um, and then bye weeks, of course, we got Baltimore, Bills, Chicago, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and Frank Reich. A lot of buys. Let's let's recap our best bets because I, I feel pretty good again. Um, I got three. John's got two. But I have, in my best bets, I've got the Broncos, okay, plus three and a half going into Houston. I've got the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football to cover six and a half against the Packers. And I got the Patriots chargers game to go under 40 and a half. And I'm riding with that confident. And then, uh, my recap, I got Steelers minus five and a half at home against the Cardinals. Uh, I think the Matt Canada firing is lending well to the Steelers offensive efficiency. And I got, uh, the San Francisco Eagles game going over 46 and a half points because I think that both those teams have a lot to prove and it should be a pretty fun game to watch. So that is the episode. That's our best bets. A little bit longer today, but man, there's a lot of good football to cover. I mean, a lot of good football. College football's heating up. Championship weekend coming. John, real quick, give me your picks for championship weekend. Oh, Bama, wow. Georgia, Michigan, Iowa. Okay, so you can name them all off the top of your head. That's good. Uh, I like... I like Georgia, SEC. I like, uh, obviously, Michigan-Iowa. Anyway, you got Texas-Oklahoma State, right? I like Texas mm-hmm. there. You got Oregon and Washington? Yep. Okay, I like Oregon there. Little little revenge. And then ACC's Florida State versus... Uh, Louisville. Louisville. I like Florida State to win that one with their third or second string quarterback. How about you? Um, I like Michigan to blow out Iowa. Um, I like, I like Oklahoma state to actually cover against Texas. I think they keep it close, but Texas probably squeaks away with one. I like Alabama to beat Georgia, believe it or not in the SEC championship. Um, I like Louisville to beat Florida state in the ACC championship as well. That I think those, you, that I think combination, you see some and I like and I like uh, Oregon to beat Washington. So <laughs> you're seeing upsets. Ooh, max. What's the max spread of that on. game? I don't know. Nine and a half. Washington is an underdog to Oregon. Interesting. Okay. Washington is t- Washington beat Oregon previously this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're nine and a half point underdogs. I mean, I guess that's. Am I like, reading that right? Maybe. Yeah. I, I, it sounds right. Um, cause I, think, I might, I think Bo Nix has really like improved that much. And this team has improved that much over the season, but I'm for sure betting them Washington to cover. I'm betting Michigan to cover. I'm betting oh, Alabama to cover giving? 23. <laughs> it's a joke. Iowa won't score. I uh, no, they won't. I'm going to, I think I'm going to bet that Iowa will get shut out. Zero points. Yeah, depending on what the payout the over under is thirty five point five. So Michigan scores forty two is what I'm hearing, and I think I'm going to hammer the over because Michigan will score more than the Michigan will score thirty eight at least. I know Iowa's defense is good. I don't know, dude. I'm so I love championship weekend. I love college, college championship weekend, NFL championship weekend. Like I love that, but college is. I love it because it has so much value right now. It's so much. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the the way that you're 
thinking this weekend is going to shape up would throw the playoff picture into pure chaos. So I like it. I can't I like wait. Chaos. I love it. I'm going to post, I'm going to post some TikToks on it because I'm fired up about it. I'll join so, you in that endeavor. Um, who did you not pick? Uh, no, you got everybody. I picked everybody. Um, but I, I, I might do a little parlay that I might put out there for the people. Last thing I want to mention before we wrap up, how many quarterbacks are drafted in the first round this year? Dude, six, five or six. I think five or six is the right answer. And I think they're all worthy of first round picks. Yeah. I was about to say, I think they all are going to be deserving of it. This, this might go down as the most, uh, the best quarterback draft class in the last decade. I, I, you could be There's right. some serious, serious talent. I can't wait yeah. till we get to draft analysis. The we have so much good stuff coming this off season. We're we go hard in the off season. We're gonna get on the film. We're gonna oh, get. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's gonna be some good stuff. If you don't, if you don't subscribe and you're just watching this because you like game recaps and picks and stuff, like you got, we have a lot more than just that. Yeah, thanks for segueing um, into the the closing remarks. If you are not subscribed yet, you should do that. You uh, had some opinions that you disagreed with that Mark and I had. Uh, go ahead and let us know in the comment section. Like the video. Check out our merch store. Check out our other social medias. We post a lot of short-form content throughout the week. All of that good stuff. We appreciate all of it. Putting a lot of effort into grow. Every little bit helps. So thank you, guys. We will see you next week with Game Recaps. Um, and, you know, wish Mark good luck on his Broncos best bet. I- honestly, I'm pulling for it. I, w- I want to see it happen. I'm nervous. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. See ya.